It is the intention of our Heavenly Father through Christ for every single one of us to prosper. We know that the Apostle John writes from Ephesus in around AD 85, and he says this incredible heart-throbbing truth to us, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. That Greek word there simply means to continually prospered in every way. Talks about a good journey. He singles out this understanding of prosperity having to do with our health. And we need to understand that we need to have spiritual health, physical health, emotional health, mental health, relational health, and also family health. All of these are integrated together and rely on each other. Healthy people are capable of having healthy, happy families. The family is always the very center of society and the very core of the construction of a nation and of the world. In this new series, we're talking about back to the table. Some of us have tabled some things, and we need to come back and address some things at the table and see some great things begin to happen. I'd like you to pull out your Bible app there, or if you have a Bible to Proverbs chapter 24, and we'll begin with verse number three, four, and five. And if you're here, just say yes. yes. I don't know, I just feel really pumped this morning. I want to warn you, look out. I said some things in the morning meeting that were not even in my notes, which is a miracle of God. Verse 3, by wisdom, a house is built. Through understanding, it is established. Through wisdom, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. In the Passion Translation, Proverbs 24, 5, read it out loud. I like to hear the Bibles being said out loud. Say it. Wisdom can make anyone into a mighty warrior. 
And revelation knowledge increases strength. Hit that one more time. Wisdom. Also, over in Proverbs chapter 14, verse number one, the Bible says, the wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears hers down. Obviously, Solomon is talking about building. He's not talking about observing, analyzing. He's not talking about being a person who is a tourist or a taker. He's talking about building or being a builder. And this is about every person in the house being a builder, not one or two. A student that is 15 is a builder in the house. Fathers, mothers, everyone. Very specifically, he nails it, and he says, this is how you build. I want to draw a little bit of a dichotomy here between what it's talking about and the knowledge that we have through the Bible. The Bible that we have is inspired by the Holy Spirit, and it includes the knowledge about the God we serve through Christ. It's the knowledge about who we are in and through Christ and as followers of Christ, it all is condensed to simply having the knowledge to live life the Jesus way. That's the knowledge incorporated in the Holy Scriptures. What we're talking here about is we're using that knowledge but we are applying it to a specific situation that we have within the context of our families. It is here that Solomon gives us this, this uh, breakdown of wisdom and understanding and knowledge. So in this di diagram here of the K's, so this is maybe a situation you have in your family, uh, you have a son that maybe is, has the wrong friends. You have a son that maybe doesn't want to come to church. You have a daughter who is really messed up. But you have all of these situations. Could be, okay, you're married, but you don't talk to each other, and you have a horrible marriage. And so... In one sense, you have some knowledge, this doesn't work. Oh my God, he's acting, oh my God, our dad doesn't even talk. Does he have a voice? And so you have all of these things. 
So you have bits of knowledge. Understanding is kind of how are these relating? How does knowledge, how do you pull this together? And now you begin to understand, oh, the reason my son is doing that, he has the, he has the wrong friends. So now you have understanding. Wisdom, on the other hand, is when you have wisdom to make a decision, to do something. And so this is kind of the highway of wisdom so that knowledge is coming in and you have understanding coming in and now you become a person who is wise. Wise at home. Wise with your family. Wise with your kids. Wise. And we have every right to access because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1.30, but of him... But of him, we are in Christ Jesus, who became wisdom unto us. In other words, when we receive Christ, we now have access to the wisdom of God. It's not how old we are, it's how wise we live. And so we have access to wisdom. We have access to know things we shouldn't know by Jesus through the Holy Spirit. So the more we are moving in the direction of proximity to Jesus, as we get closer and we begin to become spiritually healthy, we begin to have this wisdom from, from Jesus always by the Holy Spirit. Our objective is to get out of the heritage of dysfunction and decide I have the possibility to be a father, to be a son, to be a student, to be a wife, to be a single parent where I can prosper. And we have been called to prosper. I don't care what, what is happening, we have the right to prosper. We have the right to prosper, and we have to get that in our minds and in our hearts, that we are going to change from being out of order, like driving up to the gas station, and that we now can take the sign off of our house, out of order, and declare we are in order. And when you're in order, a lot of things change. When you're out of order, you're out of order, and not many things work. And we have to decide that we are going to be healthy and grow in wisdom. Jesus is our model. 
in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, he grew in wisdom, he grew in stature, and he grew in favor with God and all the people. Remember, he was 100% God, 100% human, and it was the Holy Spirit upon him that he began to grow in wisdom. And you and me need to grow in wisdom. Hallelujah. I remember I was just a young boy. My sister Lois, I believe, was around 18. And my dad was a pastor in Baltimore. And she started to date a young man who was in the army by the name of Buddy Bebelheimer. Just a great name. And my, ma my mother was very concerned he was not the one for her. Now, sometimes you act, and other times you pray and say nothing. Most of the time, we're not saying enough. My mother woke up most mornings at 5 o'clock, and she prayed for all of us, six of us. And we were talking one day, and she was concerned, and she said this to me. She said, Buddy is going to go back to Salem, Oregon, and Lois will never hear from him again. And that's what happened. And she met an engineer, had four children, and God gave my mom prayer. She prayed it through, because you some things you got to pray through. They're not just going to happen. You have to pray them through. You have to pray them through in Jesus' name. Now, in verse number six, we're still in Proverbs 24. Everybody's still here? Check with someone, see if they're still here. Verse six. Surely you need guidance to wage war. This is in context of building. And victory is won through many advisors. Now, We are in a war in our nation, and we are at a war in our families. And the devil wants to have every son, every daughter, every marriage, and he wants to obliterate the plan that God has for our homes. And the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9, that we are to stay alert, and not only stay alert, but we are to be so aware of this great enemy that we have that is roaming around, prowling around, and he's out there to devour our families. 
And most marriages, as you know, at least half, end in divorce. And chaos is everywhere. But we are rolling out the fresh blueprints that God has for us to get out of that chaos and out of all of the assaults of the enemy in the name of Jesus and decide that we can stand firm against him and that we do not have to be defeated by the enemy, but we have to be educated and be aware of what's happening. Sometimes we're so busy, we don't even know what is happening in our sons and our daughters who actually have a room in our house. And we've got to take a stand and be alert and be watchful that we are people that have the Holy Spirit and that we are, we are not simply doing this by ourselves. Notice what he says. The victory is won through what? Many, verse 6, many advisors, many advisors. And what he is saying here, you need support. I need support. So we have a car. We go get some gasoline or get an electrical charge. Support. You go to the grocery store. Oh, I'm sorry. You call Amazon. <laughs> you get your groceries. It's the way my daughter here shops. Praise God. You have all these support systems. Car breaks down, call the mechanic. They're all support systems. And what he says here is, you're not doing this by yourself. I don't care how godly you are, you're not doing it. He said, this is a war, and you need to have advisors. I remember about, I think it was three years ago, I was reading in the morning and I read this verse in Proverbs 15, 22, that plans go wrong because of lack of advice, but with many advisors, we have success. It was like the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you have to have more advisors in your life. And we need advisors if we're going to have physical health. You actually have to read those books. You have to lead, listen and some people who have knowledge that you have to have. And in the arena of our finances, that we have a number of advisors that are helping us to plan and budget, and we need advisors. The church is a place and an army of advisors where we are not going to dysfunctional people we are not going to those who fail. We're going to people that win. How did you get out of this? And when I have people who are advisors, when we go to Korea, and these churches are hundreds of thousands, and these are men and women that have great wisdom, and the more wisdom we have, we then have more 
prosperity, God uses us in a greater way. But when I stay to myself and, and I'm not getting resolve on these situations and they're going on and on and on, we've got to come back to the table and we have to address these things and we have to sit down. You know, you have a couple children and you don't even talk. And as a parent, you're on your phone. And they're on their phones. And you're not even talking. That's not a family. That's dysfunction. You can be dysfunctional and think you're functionable. It's dysfunction. It's dif dysfunction. And the Spirit of God cannot bring on a revival and everybody shout in here and then go home and, and all the kids are on their deal and you're on your deal. That's dysfunction. And you're not getting out of it until you decide, oh my God, I'm dysfunctional. You didn't have kids to watch them on a phone. Give me my phone. Anybody have my phone over there? God didn't, God didn't, that's your phone. Where's my phone? Okay, nobody cares, okay. You gotta turn that thing off. I was studying about this and I kept getting this word, protection, protection. Watch over your kids. Watch over them. What are they doing in their phone? Do you know? Oh, well, I trust them. Praise God. The police trust me to drive the speed limit. Many years ago, I took up what brother, pastor, I mean, President Reagan said, trust and Say it louder, trust. What we have lost is accountability, not control, not mean-spirited control, accountability. That's why every parent, maybe others, that your kids have phones, you should protect them, and there's something called family time. You can get time limits, track location, get alerts, block certain apps. There's family links, parental controls, and if you do not have some kind of an ability to manage that situation, you're not wise. You're busy, and you have a lot of trust. Let me, let me tell you, I'm accountable to my wife. She takes advantage of it. <laughs> and she's always giving me this wisdom. I'm better because I listen to her. I'm better. And if you're a father or a man, you don't have anybody in your life or you're not receiving wisdom. And wisdom should swirl in our families. And when something smells like it's dysfunctional, 
you need to say, that doesn't smell right. And somebody could say, should say, we're going down a one-way street the wrong way. I know it feels good. It's the wrong way. There needs to be spirit-led, love-filled accountability with a smile on your face Say to your son, let me look at your phone. I want to rejoice with you. <laughs> and if they're normal, they will scream. Just, just as most of us would do it now, they're a little older. But just because they scream doesn't affect you at all. Knowing you're in charge, you just smile. I understand. You don't trust me. I understand how you could feel that way. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I understand this is hard. God bless you. No, you're not going to do that. Really? <laughs> Jimmy, you know the car that cars out here? You see these keys? They will not be in your hands for a while. I love you, Jimmy. <laughs> Let's go get a milkshake. When our children were very young, they were very young, and they would, I want to go, I want to go over to her house, and I want to go over to their house, and we want to spend the night. They were just you know, like this. And we said to them, you don't stay overnight at any, any person's house. This is when I was at Calvary. You don't stay at anybody's house unless we know that. Well, they go to our church. That doesn't mean anything. Do you know them? And if you don't know them, don't be naive, Mom, while you're busy. Well, we're going over to church. No way. Put it on a wall. If you have a close friend, you know them. Yes. Babysitters, you better be careful. Better be careful. Don't you let kids, don't you let babysitters watch your kids without really knowing them? Why? You're the protector. You have wisdom. You're wise. And you have many advisors, many. Verse 6, the victory is won through many, many advisors. And our girls were protected because of that. Unhappy, but protected.
Finally, when they were, I think, about 12 or 13, tell me if I'm right, uh, I told my wife, I said, you know what? Maybe they could spend a night with somebody and it'd be okay. You can't be too careful. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you right now about your relationship, your home, your family? Do you need to come back to the table and things you don't even talk about? They have been tabled over here and it's going on around your table and where you are and somehow you're oblivious to what is happening and you're not even addressing it because you're on your phone and you're running and you're busy and you got two things. No, no. That won't come off. No. Get back to the table. Sit down. You get in a situation and you got a problem, you let it go on and on and on. Now, wait a minute. If you sit down at the table here and you try to actually talk and there's nothing that goes on and you try and you try, what do you do? Most parents just, I can't work it out. Wrong. We have Illuminate Counseling Ministry, Don Middleton, a fleet of wise people. No, call them. Bring those kids in. You got a major problem. You don't have a family. You got a bunk system. You're bunking them up in the beds. If you're not communicating, Something is wrong. I've been saying it over and over again in the shift in our church and in, in this transition that's happening. If you are not in community and have wise people around you where you can deal with situations that, like that and someone that has wisdom, you say, what do I do here? The devil wants to keep us isolated by ourselves but when we come together, we become mighty. We become strong. This church, ladies and gentlemen, is filled with hundreds of very wise fathers and mothers, some that have gone through divorces, and to have access to that person, to ask them, how did you get over this situation? What did you do? Don't let something go on and on and on and on because you don't know how to handle it. Make a decision. Believing we're going to have a small group in every subdivision in the city. Just like they have in Korea. They got, I don't know how many thousands and thousands and thousands. In that church, somebody says, I'm not in community. He goes, what? What happened? That's not a real church, ladies and gentlemen. Not New Testament. That's a cultural deal. Come sit down, Lee. Come sit down, Lee. Come sit down. That, that, that's not what our deal is here. This is an Acts 2 church. I'm in community. Judy's in community. Our pastors are in community. Our leaders are in community. 
We have a new group starting just in a few days. Going to be really great. And you're going to enjoy it. Um, Fabio and Isabella. General, going to be a group. They only speak Portuguese. Are there any Brazilians here? I don't know whether we have anybody. Half the church, thank you. <laughs> so we're expecting absolutely great things. They'll be in the back. Dina Richter is a group in Windermere. But I believe as, as we gather together and God brings us together as a family and we have wisdom and we come back to the table and we're happy. I, I'm, I'm asking the Lord, let, let's have more happiness. Let's laugh more. Let's laugh at dinner table. Let's pray around the table. Let's be close. Let's talk. Let's hug. Let's be nice. Let's have the greatest family on the earth so that when our kids grow up and they have families, they build on what we built. And if we built dysfunctionally, unless there's a miracle, they're going to build what they saw. Without knowing it, they're dysfunctional. I don't know how many generations in your family have been dysfunctional. You need to bring down a knife and say, it ends with me. I'm getting out. And I'm going... I'm going to build my house through wisdom, through understanding, through knowledge. I'm going to be slow to speak, quick to listen with my kids. I'm going to be careful what I say to my wife or to my husband. I'm going to be sensitive. If you are fighting, have anger, and it's not right, it's probably going to go on until you're divorced, and you'll try another time. And there are people here who have been through two or three of the deals. If you don't get your act right, you repeat it just with another girl or another guy. And it goes on and on. Well, it was her, it was him. In many cases, yes. But in a lot of cases, we were dysfunction, dysfunctional. So what's real revival? Real revival is when I have revival at home. And that I'm a wise man. Jacqueline, Banji, come up just a minute. These are our, our girls, those two. Show those pictures of those girls back there. Ladies and gentlemen, you've grown a lot bigger now. 
proud of you. You inspired me. I want to thank you for loving me. I was watching you praising the Lord. I like how you hold your hands. <laughs> and Banji, you're a blessing to us. The way you're, both of you are raising your children. You're my heroes. Let me just tell you, maybe your kids aren't this old, but don't, don't leave. There are a lot of things you can do. There are people that run billion-dollar corporations. They can't even keep a marriage, and their kids hate them. What's valuable? I'm grateful. Great for this big church. This is great. But this is greater. It's greater. And put that picture up there. I was pastoring Calvary Assembly. We had thousands and thousands. And the tendency is to be out every night. And I said, I'm going to have dinners at home. I'm going to be with my kids. Because most pastors' kids hate the church. Why? They weren't loved. A lot of pastors build these big churches. Their kids hate God. So I don't know where you are on your chart, but this is what we want to go after. My girls. And when they were getting ready to date, I'm getting off my notes one time. Jackie was dating this guy. She had been out with him, what, three times? Oh, no. Can I tell that story or not? <laughs> and I was praying as her father. As I was praying, the Lord said, this is a bad, this isn't good. This is the only time I did this to Jackie. And I went to her and I said, Jackie, I was praying. This guy isn't, he's not any good for you. She broke up with her. That was a miracle. Love you. <laughs> Love you. Love you. Love you. All right, stand up. Stand up. Come on, lift your hands. Nobody, nobody leave now. Come on, lift your hands. Hallelujah. Say this with me. I am wise. Say this with me. I am wise. I have knowledge. I have understanding. I'm going back to the table. And I'm going to make some changes right after this service. Come on, lift your hands. Come on, come on, come on. Sing it. Hit it. Come on out. Hit it. Come on. Come on, let's praise.
it's amazing, amazing that on the cross that Christ made it possible for all of us to be forgiven of our sins. To know that no matter what we've done, how far we've run, that grace intercepts our lives. And when we give up on ourselves because of regrets and we have done the wrong thing, Jesus doesn't come with a whip to somehow remind us of what we've done. But whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be forgiven. He is the supreme rescuer and he says don't leave and try to get better he says come as you are don't come as you are just come on the cross he made a pardon for every person it has no effect on us until we open our hearts and receive it and this morning or this afternoon, just before we end this meeting, we want to give an opportunity for those that are here just to throw up a hand and say, hey, I, I need forgiveness. And I can tell you the, that the Lord's touching you in your heart where you say, that's what I need. Maybe you've been Catholic, Methodist, or whatever church, and you're esteemed in that church, but do you have Jesus in your heart? Do you have that forgiveness? And you can do it today. We have many watching, hundreds and hundreds. Do it today. In the balcony, on the sides. In a moment, I'm going to count to three. And you just throw up your hand and say, hey, pray for me. Don't, don't delay. Don't say, well, uh, maybe next time. Today is the day. Today is the day. Christ will change your heart. Condemnation will go. And you'll leave here with a happy heart. Forgiven by Jesus. On your way to a brand new life. So I'm going to count to three and throw up a hand. One, two, three. Throw it up. Throw it up. Yes. Over. Put it up. Put it up. Come on. Throw, put it up. All over the building. Yes. Yes. Put it up. Put it up. Put it up. Put it up. I need Jesus. Put up your hand. Get out of that stuff. I'm going to ask all those that raised your hand, just walk down the aisle. Stand here for a minute. We're going to have a short prayer for a couple minutes. Come right now. All over the building, from the balcony. Come down. Set a fire. Yes. Come on. Come on. Come down. Yes. 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 Balcony. Yes. Come on, do it. Come on. More of you, God. I want more.
you know, in just a second, I want you just to turn somebody and say, do you need Jesus? Feels uncomfortable, but if they do, you can encourage them and come down here with them. It may be your wife, maybe your husband. Turn to somebody and ask them, do you need Jesus? And come down, bring them down here and come to Jesus wherever you are. Come right now. Play that one more time. Yes, over here. Yes, come on, come on. Come on. Yes, right here. several people in this building you are held captive by alcohol drugs and pre prescription drugs and there are other things that are holding you in bondage and let me tell you on this afternoon that is not you there are evil powers that have decided to take you out and you will never get out of that until one day you decide that's not just you. There are evil powers and you have to get out in the name of Jesus. And I am fighting in this service for some sons and daughters in the name of Jesus. I break these powers over you in the name of Jesus. You're not going back to those things. You're gonna break up with that guy that's not for you. In the name of Jesus, we're fighting for our lives. Hell is real, evil is real, and Jesus is powerful. And I break those that need to come. Get out of your chair, come to Jesus. Get out of your chair, get out of your chair. Make the decision.
you young guys came up on that call. That's worth it. It's worth it. A lot of those that have come are weeping and crying. We're not here to think about how bad you've been, but how great Jesus is. He's bigger than your past. T today, this is about giving your life to Jesus to live the Jesus way from the inside out. I do what I do in my heart to go the Jesus way. We're following Jesus, not church in the sun. We're following Jesus. The greatest miracle is not physical, it's spiritual. I can't understand with my mind how in a prayer of one minute of inviting Christ in my heart that miraculously I'm forgiven and made righteous. And positionally, I am sanctified or made holy. Biggest miracle. There are about eight or nine didn't come. Pray the prayer where you are and say it loudly. We're going to pray this prayer. Pastor Jonathan is here. We're going to take you to the side. We're going to give you all a Bible, a couple minutes. And we are not an institution here. We are a family. People are going to hug you. So I want us to pray this prayer. I want several to help them get back. My wife has been hugging you. I want us to pray this prayer. I want everybody in the family here to join them. You at home, say it. Jesus, Jesus. I put my faith in you, I that, you took my sin on the cross. that you took my sin on the cross. I confess and believe, confess and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, from the dead. And, he's and he's alive. I turn from my sin. I, from my sin. I repent of my sin. I abandon my life to follow Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Give me your grace, the gift of righteousness, and eternal life. If you prayed that, a miracle has happened. Go that way. Come on.